Real Business Owners. Welcome back to the Real Business Owners Podcast. This is episode 38. Guys, this is brought to you by Easier Accounting. Uh, we are a nationwide accounting firm. If you have bookkeeping questions, entity formation questions, or tax prep questions, make sure that you reach out to us. Uh, per usual, it's myself, Trevor Cowley, my main man, Kel, uh, with us. Sorry, I'm, I'm a little I'm, I'm a little under the weather today, so I'm trying to trying to hang in here. Uh, so so bear with me. But guys, we have a cool guest for you today. His name's Caden Terry. Caden, welcome to the podcast, bro. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I'm yeah. excited. So I'll give you guys just a, a quick background here. He's 17 years old, just a, a young hustler out in the world, but he's done mm-hmm. some cool things. Um, we respect individuals like yourself, especially at your age, that's already kind of infatuated with success, right? Or the process of success or what it takes to be successful. And so Caden has his own podcast. Mm-hmm called psychology of success is that right yep okay so he's a he's a local guy here um and he reached out was it he reached out to you yeah. or reached out to he reached he, out to me through Caden. They, okay. they played baseball together okay. and um in fact that's what i was gonna say thanks for having us on your podcast this yeah. is uh kind of a hybrid that we're doing yeah. he reached out asked if i'd be on his podcast i said of course man and then um he said and then maybe i can interview your partner as well and i was like maybe we'll all just do one together. Yeah. You know? So this is going to be a hybrid where he's going to ask us some questions. We'll ask him some questions. Yeah. We're going to utilize it for our episode 38. And then he's going to utilize it for whatever episode that he wants to utilize it for, mm-hmm. for his podcast as well. But just to start off, I want you to tell him one, you know, uh, you're a junior in high school, correct? Yep. Okay. So you've got that going for you. Stay in high school as long as you can. <laughs> I'll tell you, you know, all you kids can't wait to get out of school to go oh, yeah. start life. Uh, but yeah, enjoy it, dude. Don't, you know, don't take that for granted. Um, I would love to be back in high school right now. Uh, but he's doing some cool things. One, you've got the podcast. You said earlier when we were talking that you started a detail business and you sold your detail business to a college student. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what else is it that you you, you manage Airbnbs or yeah, something so like that? Yeah, so I have an Airbnb management company okay. called KST Rentals. Okay. And then I also buy and sell cars on the side. Okay. That's cool, mm-hmm. man. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so you've got a, a junior in high school, 17 years old, already out there doing several things to advance his financial situation, right? And so if you guys are out there, you know, hurting financially, we don't really feel that bad for you, (laughs) Uh, just to be quite honest with you, because there's a lot of shit that you could do if you really, really, really want it. Um, That's why I thought it'd be cool to have him come in and do a hybrid show, man, because I know there's, you know, a lot of people that follow us and listen to us are, they're aspiring to be business owners or they are business owners um, and everybody you know, just needs to realize that, dude, there's there's kids, you know, that are 17 years old, juniors in high school that are already pushing through things to create their success, you know, and I, would and say I think I, that's really cool. I yeah. think that people should let that soak in, yeah. you know, like his hustle muscle. Is uh, is much bigger like than, than than most, right? It in is. terms, well, I would I'm say I, I would say probably far bigger than most your age for sure, and I would say probably bigger than most people just in general that you're just continuing to look for opportunities, right? Like where, how else can I, you know, turn this one dollar into two dollars or how you know exactly what more can I do 
in order to advance my situation. A lot of people are poor me or they want to look at their situation and feel bad for themselves rather than actually doing something for themselves. Mm-hmm. What I like about you is you're actually out there doing shit. You're, you know, my guess is, is, you know, you probably didn't have a whole ton of help and you're just out there kind of trying to figure this shit out on the fly and you probably made a lot of mistakes you know, why you were flipping. Maybe you didn't make money on this car or you oh, had to yeah. put, you it's know, plenty of time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, tell us a little bit about one, how you got into flipping cars, how you got into the Airbnb thing, you yeah. know, how you already started a detail business and sold it kind of, when did the entrepreneurship bug bite you? I guess maybe yeah. that's the first question. Well, a lot of times we start our podcast with like, tell us a little bit about your childhood, but you're still in it. Yeah. Man. Yeah. <laughs> tell us. What, yeah. I want to know what motivates yeah. you yeah. at this yeah. young of an yeah. age, you know? Yeah. So it kind of all started when I was younger. I remember when I was 12, I was playing little league baseball. And there was this trend where everyone had these little baseball necklaces. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember your yeah. Oh yeah. I bought plenty of those. Yeah. Yeah. So I remember I thought, man, I could sell these to kids, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I went online and found this Chinese website selling them for like five bucks. Mm. And I just bought them in bulk, right? Mm-hmm. And so I'd go to these Little League games every single day, the days that I wouldn't play. I got permission from the Little League president. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I started selling them. And so that was kind of my first Did they experience. want to cut? Uh, I did, don't did, remember. Did they, did they ask for I a percentage? Or? Head. I don't think he did. No? no? He was just like, okay... The young hustler out here trying to uh-huh. make money, sure, kid, go out yeah. there and try to do yeah, it. Yeah, so you I know? just made like a quick 200 bucks in a couple of weeks, and that was my first experience with entrepreneurship. And then mm. I've done little things like that. Up Did until... you pay taxes on it, dude? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good, dude. I'm just kidding. Fly under the radar. Probably should, but <laughs> no, you're not good. that young. You're good, I'm man. Hey, we all had our childhood hustles. We yeah, didn't pay oh, taxes yeah. Nobody on. paid taxes oh, yeah, on childhood hustles. They can't go back that far on yeah, us anyway. Exactly. So. Yeah. Exactly. So, no, that's cool. So at 12 years old, you started hustling. Mm-hmm. That's just, it's just weird that, uh, you know, at that, that young of an age, you were already, you know, again, watching a pattern happen. And then found an opportunity with inside. The pattern was that kids started buying these. So that means more, if kids buy it, that means more kids want it because they don't want to be the one that's left out. Exactly. Right? If, every, if all my boys got necklaces or all the girls got this type of bracelet, again, people do things in groups, right? And so if the cool kids are doing it, then other people are going to want to try to catch on and do it. Yeah. And it's just crazy that you were smart enough to, you know, be on the outside of it, kind of looking in saying, holy shit, there's an opportunity to make money here. Mm-hmm. And then you took that thought, went to the internet and said, how can I get this shit for as cheap as I possibly can? And then flip it to make as much as I possibly can. Mm-hmm. Then you went to somebody else, asked for permission to go sell it on their. Pro- you know, you see all the steps that you had to take yeah, in order yeah. just to make two hundred dollars. Most people aren't willing to even go that far mm-hmm. or do anything like yeah. that. But the reality is, dude, you'll be scary by the time that you're our age. By the time yeah. that you're thirty-five, what are your goals? I guess that, that that's well, a good question. He's already had bigger guests on his podcast than us, maybe. No you know, shit. I was impressed like, some of the guys he's interviewed yeah. already. You know, so. yeah, yeah. What 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 are your what are your ultimate goals? I mean, obviously, you, you like entrepreneurship, you like uh-huh. business and success, and you know, you've got your own podcast going. Like, what's do you have like things written down that you're that oh, you absolutely. want to accomplish? Mm-hmm. So, what are some of the things that you're trying to accomplish? So, I have a whiteboard in my room, okay. and I've written up my goals for 2020. Yeah. And I have a vision board for kind of more long-term things mm-hmm. that I want. And I have written different aspirations and my life mission statement. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
I'll just go over some short-term goals yeah. just for this year until I graduate high school. You know, I want to, of course, graduate, but I want to have $100,000 by the time I graduate. And I want to be able to use that money to be able to serve other people mm-hmm. by the time I'm out of high school. I want to go on a mission. And when I get back, I want to, I haven't decided 100% on college yet. Yeah. But I want to do college, keep going on with entrepreneurship, start different companies. I want to have five different Airbnbs that I manage. Mm-hmm. I want to get into real estate, flip real estate, things like that. Um, you already working on your credit? Do you have a credit score yet? Or do you have your parents you know, putting I, you on credit cards or anything like that? I was like talking that? to my dad about that the yeah. other day. Can you get one mm-hmm. before you're 18? I added Caden as an authorized user on my credit card, and it gives him my history, right? So he doesn't know his credit score right now. He doesn't even know. Well, he knows I did it because I gave it to him when he went off to college. And I was like, hey, man. Um, and this is Caden, my son. You know, you know Caden. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah, kind yeah. of weird because you're both yeah, Caden. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the listeners may be confused, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. when you say Caden and then Caden. Right, yeah. Um, so he, he he doesn't know his credit score. He's never pulled it, but he, I gave him a credit card. I'm like, hey, just use this case of emergencies. You're an authorized user on it, you know? But hmm. if I went and pulled his credit, he's probably, I don't know, probably in the sixes at least, you know? Yeah, 650, 700. I mean, if he's, if it's a card that has low debt to credit ratio and it's been paid on time, he probably has oh, 700 yeah, credit score. Definitely. He just doesn't have a lot of credit depth, right, mm-hmm. is the issue there. But, like, if your parents have good credit, you know, they can call Capital One or whatever their credit cards are, and they can say, I want to add so-and-so is an authorized user. They don't even have to give you a card, but you then get grandfathered really? into the history of that credit card. So you could be you know, 17 years old, but look like that you have eight years of credit history added on as that authorized user if that credit wow. card is eight years old. I did not know that. I just actually had a talk with um, yeah. with Kate, Mike Hayden about credit the other day. I'm like, can you got to understand like credit is so important, you know, because a lot of people use it to get themselves into negative situations. Obviously, we see it day in yeah. and day out. In fact, majority mm-hmm. of people do that. Yeah. Um, so I had a good talk with him on like, dude, it's a tool. You know, it's something that you can really utilize as leverage, right? Like you're you went and flipped little, you know, necklaces to start, and then you moved up to cars, yep. and you know, think you can utilize obviously other people's money oh, to get, awesome. you oh, know, yeah. obviously product and you know inventory and flip it, and you be responsible yeah. with it. It's a huge tool. Well, that's that's why I was asking his goals to you know flip houses or get into real estate. Yeah, you're going to have good credit. And you're going to want to have possible. good credit for that. So that's why I was asking if you you know what are you doing on the credit side of things to prepare yourself for something like that in the next two, three years after you get done serving a mission or whatever it is, right? By the time Mm -hmm. you're 21, you can now have three, four, five years of credit history before you start flipping. But that brings up another good point. A lot of you guys that are listening should have conversations with your kids Mm -hmm. about credit, right? Uh, And you should maybe put, if you do have good credit, put your kids as an authorized user on some of your accounts to help them build or establish some credit. I talked to my daughter last night because we gave her like a little credit card thing, mm-hmm. but it's it's for kids and you can load what you want on it. So if, if she needs five bucks for school lunch, we go on the app and you just add five bucks to her card. Mm-hmm. And, oh. and teaching it's her. something like, yeah, I'm just teaching her how, sure. to, how to manage that. And she's like, I think it's like a credit card. I said, no, it's more like a debit card. And she asked, what's the difference between a credit and a debit card? Right, so we sat down last night. That was funny that you were saying that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I explained to her, she's 10 years old, what the difference of a debit card is versus a credit card. And credit is what we utilize to buy houses and cars and things like that because not a lot of people have that that full amount of money to buy a house. Yeah. 
So they pull a credit report, you know, and kind of broke it down to her at a 10 year old level for her to try to understand that. But you know, that it's, it's good to have, you know, you on where we're kind of educating you a little bit because there's listeners now that might not have ever thought about that that have 12 year olds or 15 year olds or, yeah. you know, well, so 17 we do. years old. As parents, we learn stuff you know? the hard way and then do yeah. we want to teach our kids so they don't have to go through that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just is what it is. And I know your dad's a hustler, man, because like I was telling you off, cam- off, off you the know, podcast. camera, the podcast, yeah. like, you know, I, I remember your dad just hustling that whole neighborhood, man. I was, I was 18, I owned my first home. Uh, hustling what? What was he doing? Real estate. He was a real estate agent. Dude, uh-huh. He had that entire neighborhood on lock, man. Like mm-hmm. I remember him walking door to door. His sign was in like every like yard. front yard, and he, he owned was, the neighborhood. He was crushing it. So I'm sure your dad yeah. has plenty of, of Influence stuff he over shares you. with you. Was yeah. your dad one of like your motivations for like wanting to pursue even your very first venture of making your own money? Oh yeah, like he's the one that's gotten me into entrepreneurship, and I'm grateful for that. Like I remember the mobile detailing business that you yeah. mentioned. He loaned my brother and I $300 because he saw an opportunity. He's like, oh, we have, because at the time he owned a repo company. Mm -hmm. He was a part owner. And so they'd get all these repos coming in and they just run them to Fabulous Freddy's. So he thought, okay, why don't we just have Caden and Kyler, my brother, detail. Detail. And so he put up the money for us. He loaned us 300 bucks to buy all the products and everything. And from there, we paid him back and we were in business for about two years just out of our garage. And we actually bought a mobile detailing trailer, set it up, because we were going to hire someone yeah. to go around and do it mm. because we had school, you know, so we yeah. wanted just to keep it rolling. Yeah. But we figured, and at the time, I couldn't even drive. I was 15. Yeah. yeah. And we figured, uh, like, we ran the numbers and stuff, and we were like, oh, this this isn't going to work. You know, it's a lot of management hiring yeah. someone, especially... Well, at 15 years old to hire an employee, then you gotta then you gotta put them on payroll, and then you yeah, gotta figure out all this uh-huh. this whole tax game, right? Exactly. When you're young, you you can kind of fly under the radar with a hustle, wash somebody's car, and take a check or take cash or whatever. But you know, by the time you're talking about hiring somebody because you're in school, you know, um, you know, it starts getting a little hairy. Yeah. Yeah. Know, because then you're having to get workman's comp stuff. You're gonna have to set up an entity or that you know, and 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 again, at 15 years old, that can be you know, daunting. So how, so you ran that for two years? Yeah. So we ran it for two years just out of our garage. Okay. And then we got the trailer all set up because we're, like I said, getting ready to hire someone. To scale your business. Yeah. Yeah. Uh (laughs) And then we decided not to. Yeah. And they were like, at that point we were starting to flip cars. Yeah. About maybe one to two or three a year because that's how many you can do like according to the law like you can't do more than that personally or you're considered a auto dealer at that point Uh right and you have to then get a license exactly in order to flip more than Mm -hmm. that so we decided you know what let's sell this for it was completely set up it was the whole gig a whole mobile detailing business yeah so we put it on kso and craigslist Mm -hmm. and sold it to a college kid here at dixie state actually okay and so that's gone. And then I reinvested that money into just buying and selling cars. cars. And mm-hmm. then my dad, about six months ago, opened a car dealership. So now I'm able to utilize his dealer's license to go out and buy cars. Cool. Mm. That's so, awesome, man. Yeah. Damn. That's cool that your dad does that with you guys too, man. Because I, I wish I would have done more of that with my kids, to be quite honest with you. You know? It's probably a uh, headache. I do, I do try and teach them first. a lot of stuff. But, yeah. You know? probably, dude, it takes time. Like it's, oh, it does. To yeah. take time away from what you're focused on to try to teach your kids this, that, the other, and kind of guide them and help them. Bless his heart. Let's yeah. just put it that way. Yeah. You because know, dude, because one of my he's got to be a good, a good, was... good human being to, to, to do something like that, even even if it is your own children. In some yeah. cases, by the time we get off of work or whatever, we're exhausted. 
last thing we want to do is well, sit Well, my here kids and were always in us. baseball. Yeah. You know, they're always in club ball. They're always in these things. And yeah. It's just kind of like, oh, you know, they don't have time for that right now. But yeah. Here's a kid in baseball, baseball, still doing it. He's got his yeah. hustle, yeah. you know, and his dad's taking the time to help him with all of it. So I think that's cool, man. Props to your pops for that. Um, it's guys like this that squash excuses or yeah. make other people's excuses look stupid. You know what I mean? Because yeah. if somebody has an excuse, but then there's somebody else at a younger age that has a lot of shit going on, whether it's school, baseball, you know, homework, you know, all of that stuff. But then you're able to still kind of seek opportunity with inside of all the stuff that you have going on. So... Uh, you guys, the, the idea behind this podcast is to show individuals that you're never too old to start something. You're never too young to start something. There's no excuses that could be made in order to make that extra 500 bucks a month or that extra mm-hmm. thousand bucks a month because you have to start somewhere. I think the problem is, is a lot of people want to create an opportunity that's going to change their life. Right. And then they overthink it like what? I don't want to do that. That's only going to make me a thousand bucks a month. That's not life changing money. Right. But you have to start there. You have to start just doing something and then you see a different opportunity. Like I started with mobile detail that are you sorry, you started with necklaces and then that necklaces that made you to then you went to mobile detail. Then that led you to something different, flipping cars. So the idea is to put yourself in a situation, even if it is only 500 or 1,000, again, at least be moving. Yeah, at, least at least be, be doing something because that something might lead to something else, mm-hmm. then leads to something else. Yep. I mean, how many times have we started a business and then we've made connections and contacts? Maybe that business didn't work, but we took some of those contacts or connections or some of the things that we did with inside of that mm-hmm. business and it rerouted us to maybe a different business venture that we went down. We still do it. Correct. That's what I'm saying, right? <laughs> yeah. And so I think a lot of people are trying to think too big. Like, what can make me like 10 grand a month? Mm-hmm. You know, I want to make 100 grand a year off of my business. And therefore, it paralyzes them to the point where they never start because they you're not going to ever find anything that's just going to make you 10 grand a month just like that when you start a business. It just doesn't work like that. And so the idea, the premise is just to get started, just to start doing. And then when you're doing, you actually start seeing other opportunities because you're in the mind state or the the, the mindset of wanting more, Mm -hmm. right? And so you started here and you're like, what else can I do? Because you're starting to taste it a little bit. That's all people need to do is just start. And then when they taste it, and the first thing that you do probably won't be the thing that you do forever. That's just the first step. That's the stepping stone to get you going down the path of entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. Then it'll reroute you to something of, else. A lot of people let fear hold them back. And, you know, I assume, you know, being such a young kid, asking people to be on your podcast or, you know, starting these business ventures, like there's obviously some always some fear involved. And so, you know, people say all the time, be fearless in business, but that's impossible. That's there's impossible. always fear there that yeah. successful just learn to push through the fear. And so, you know, have you come across some scary moments already that you just had to push through that ended up being a pretty cool result for you? Or at least lesson, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Because in some cases, the result is just a lesson um, based upon losing money. (laughs) Yeah, But you learn a good, valuable lesson that you can then take to where you don't make that mistake again, and then you end up making money. Yeah. That makes sense? Uh Uh-huh. I'd say cars is a big one. Like, I remember I had a Sonata, and I bought it at the auction. Mm-hmm. And you kind of take a gamble when you buy mm-hmm. cars from the auction. Cause Hoping that it's good. It's yeah, because you just look at it online yeah. and see all the info. Yeah. 
And so it looks like a good car from yeah. the outside. So I bought it. And when I got it, it was great. It was running great. And then I sold it to a guy. And the engine caught on fire. Mm. So it just it blew up. The engine blew up while he was driving. Mm, that's not good. Yeah. And so... How, how soon after when, he, when, when you sold it to him? I think it was, was it about... Recent? A week or two oh, weeks. God. Yeah, that was so super quick. Yeah, you sold his ass a lemon, dude. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. But you didn't. You yeah. didn't know it was going to be. A le- I mean, uh-huh. nobody knows. You're not a mechanic. You know, you're exactly you're flipping cars. But know? like, I saw how my mechanic look at things like that. Yeah, and I don't know. It was a while ago. It was like a year or two. I don't remember the exact details. But then I remember the warranty. We found out about a warranty. We took it back to the dealership here in town the Hyundai dealership mm-hmm. or whatever mm-hmm. and they replaced the whole engine oh good so that guy was happy exactly and did you buy another car mm-hmm. yeah but so I, I mean you still <laughs> yeah exactly yeah but like I've had plenty of experiences like that yeah like you still have to go after it like yeah. it doesn't matter if you failed you just learn from it and you move on you take the loss and you That's keep true. going yeah, yeah I, that, cool. not, nothing's going to be perfect right like the reality is is entrepreneurship is full of problems and that that's just a perfect example of it, right? Like you have good intentions going in and you, you want to make a couple bucks, you want to sell, you're hoping to sell a good car. The last thing you want is to have somebody be upset. But in some cases, you, you know, you're going to have upset customers. How you handle those situations will determine, you know, uh, how successful you'll ultimately be. You found a solution for that individual, you worked with them and you made it right. And, and that's really the idea of entrepreneurship because you know, unfortunately, you can't satisfy 100% of people. You know, there's going to be unforeseen issues that you can't even control or that we can't even control. Just as the business owner, it's our job just to create solutions, right? Not focus on the problem. The problem is the problem is the problem. It'll you know, always what be co- there. Yeah, it'll, they'll always be there. The person who can create the solutions the fastest um, usually ends up making the most money, right? And, and mm-hmm. has the most happy clients or customers. So mm-hmm. what questions do you have for us, bro? That's what I was going to say. Yeah. I was going to be like, hey, let's, you let's know, I feel, I feel, yeah, I feel like, no, like no, you know, I'm, I, we're, 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 we're hounding you. And, no, I love <laughs> sharing my story. Yeah, yeah no, yeah. It's, it's a great story. I love it. It is. So what are your guys' building blocks for success? Doing. Um, doing. Yeah. Being not scared to lose money. Like even though it is scary, we just spend money. That's our last podcast was called Pay to Play. The problem is, is once money starts, everybody wants to make money, but nobody's willing to spend. Mm-hmm. They all want to figure out how to make the most by spending the least. Yeah. Right. And so, we're, dude, we're good at just we throw large amounts of money around. Yeah. And the more money that we've thrown around, the funny thing is, the more money's came back to us. Yeah. Really. You know, it just keeps um, moving. We aren't really afraid to lose. We don't want to fail. Yeah, (laughs) we don't like failing, um, but we're not afraid to lose. You know, like money, we're we're willing to test things and try things, and um, and then dude, we we're opportunists, man. Like we, dude, everything's uncomfortable at first, you know. But that's I was thinking about it actually not too long ago. I'm like, man, it's like one thing that I'm really good at is even if I'm really bad at something, I'm not afraid to try it. Or even if I'm afraid, I'm not afraid to push through the fear and do it. I honestly think the reason that is, though, is because we've been in the game long enough and we understand that even if we do fail at something, that there will still be lots of value in it. Mm -hmm. We will pull something or extract a lesson from that that will serve us forever. Now, if it was a $20,000 lesson, then it was a $20,000 lesson, right? We lost that money, then cool. Now we chalk it up. We know what not to do in that scenario. If we didn't have all the failures that we've had and all the money that we've lost, we wouldn't have all the money that we've made. 
You see what I'm saying? So when you have hindsight like that, you can move a little bit more freely and throw money around a little bit more freely because either it's going to make you money or you're going to get a lesson out of it. I think another big building block for me personally is is having something, a purpose larger than just you. You know what I mean? Like my purpose is I, I want to give the most I possibly can to my family and not give to them like monetary. I want to give them wisdom. I want to give them, you know, lessons that they can take and go succeed in their life. And, you know, like I, I want to build a life of abundance, but I want to teach them how to go get their life of abundance as well. And so being an example to my family um, and people around me and people that follow us, like mm. that is bigger to me than what I have in the bank account right now and what I will have in the bank account from 10 years from now. Like you have to mm-hmm. have, a, I feel like a purpose bigger than just, what you want like we talked the other day we're like dude like we want to have our own private jet one day right mm-hmm. and we will i really think we will have that but i want to impact people like especially my loved ones and the ones close to me and that and that's bigger to me than having a private jet now i feel like you can have both yeah but you do got to have something that drives you bigger than just your monetary goals mm-hmm. you know like you said i want to have a hundred thousand and i want to figure out how i can serve other people with that and i think that's cool you know what I mean? So find that purpose bigger than you is, is a building block, I feel like, that's really helped propel me the last few years, especially. Mm-hmm. And but, I would say culture. Mm-hmm. I would say, folk. you know what I mean? The problem is, is most entrepreneurs focus on themselves and how much money that they could ultimately make at the expense of their employees, right? So we do a great job of rewarding employees when they do a, a great job of whatever it is that they do yeah. in a company. What are right. some things you do to reward them? Well, there's two, there's, you know, what, s- over $6,000 in watches sitting on my desk right now that Kel bought. So once you know, a, in our sales departments, once they hit a million dollars in sales in a one year time frame, they get to be in the, in the elite club and the elite club comes with a, a uh-huh. high-end watch, yeah. right? We've bought a Rolex, a couple Breitlings. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, we get them a plaque. We hang it up on the wall. And then yeah. guess what? That motivates the other guys that come in. Like, dude, I want to be in the club like Kaysen and mm-hmm. Buddy. and You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but then wow. we also do company outings and activities. We bring everybody together. Uh, but to make a point, though, on building culture, before you can build culture, you got to actually have people come work for you. You know what I mean? And so that's another good thing to focus on, too, is like you can't do it alone a lot of times depending on what you want to do, right? Like you got to have a team behind you, you know? And mm-hmm. so um, getting people around you is, is another big building block. Yeah. You know, we couldn't sit have here and do we, all yeah. the accounting yeah. and taxes and payroll and bookkeeping and stuff if that we, we do for our clients team. if we didn't have our team to yeah. begin with, right? It's so true. build a team, you know, build people around you and then and then focus on culture is a big one. Yeah. Is it hard not going and micromanaging your employees? Or do you Hell yeah, it's hard. Yeah, you learn from experience on that one. <laughs> you know? What have you guys learned about that? It, it don't work. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, at the same time, yeah. like one thing I've learned from Trev is you do got to face problems head, head on. Like you can't avoid, right? So you don't have to micromanage people. You can give them, you know, in fact, we actually have a company we've hired to help us with scaling. And, you know, that's a big thing is define your systems and processes and your expectations, but you don't got to stand on your shoulder and crack the whip on them all day to get it done. They know their expectations, build the culture around those expectations. But when you do find people that are slacking or becoming a cancer or whatever, like you do got to face that problem head on, you know? And so a lot of times people can think like, Oh, you're a micromanager. Cause you're all up in my grill. No, man, I'm just facing a problem head on so that you get the most out of this as well. Right. So you kind of got to, you kind of got to look at what's, best for them right like you don't trevor's really good at this so a lot of times people they feel like you're coming after them 
and it's really actually best for them to call them out too so that they can grow as a person as well you know and so um it's and that's not really micromanaging but people can kind of misconstrue that as micromanaging um so yeah. you got to give them parameters yeah. structure but then you do got to face those problems head on as well and uh there's, there's a difference between micromanaging and creating relationships. When I micromanaged, I had high turnover. I was yeah. constantly having to hire more and more employees because people didn't like to be micromanaged. When I learned that lesson in terms of actually building a relationship and creating equity in the relationship, and what that basically means is I build you up first before I tear you down. Right? If all I did is tear you down, tear you down, tear you down, it's not going to hit where it needs to hit. But if I say, dude, Caden, you're a kick-ass employee, you do this, 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 and this, great. But here's what you don't do great. See how I built the equity there to where then I can uh -huh. take the withdrawal. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? So you have to give, 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 give. And then when it's time to take, you could take because there's enough there to take. The problem is, is most people don't give anything. They don't praise when it's time to praise. But when it's time to get upset, they get upset. There's no equity there. You haven't built that person up. So all you're doing, yeah, that's negative equity. Now they hate where they work and they feel micromanaged because they're never being told of the things that they're doing wonderful as well. So if you're going to do one, you've got to do the other or else it just doesn't For work. Sure. you got to realize, too, like when you're micromanaging people, you yourself are becoming less productive, right? And so if you're standing over someone's shoulder all the day, because like a lot of our companies, we work on the phone, on the sales and on the fulfillment side of our company. So if we're like standing over someone's shoulder all day, like, dude, why aren't you dialing right now? Or why aren't you, why aren't you at this many dials already? Or you know what I mean? You're wasting your own time that you could be doing more productive stuff, like bringing more business into the company. And so... You know, we've had to have those realizations over the years of like, man, we don't, we just need to set parameters. The people that go above and beyond are going to continue to rise and become mm -hmm. leaders within the company. And the people that do just the minimum to get by are going to always just get by. And, you know, you kind of have to mm -hmm. understand who your A, B, C, and D players are. Mm -hmm. And then you got to set the structure and you got to let them kind of work within their environment. The people, the cream will rise to the top. So you don't need to micromanage them. You just need to give them the structure. For sure. That's great. Well, do you guys have any more questions for me? Um, okay, so what uh, what tips do you have for anybody that's young, maybe scared or nervous about trying something new and different, you know, and, and wanting to get into entrepreneurship? I'd say, like, you know, it's scary at first, but, I mean, especially while you're in high school, what do you have to lose? I mean, you're... Everything's paid for. Yeah, exactly. Everything's paid for. Yeah. Dude. So you, did, did you go to your parents initially and say, I want to start selling necklaces, borrow me a hundred bucks or borrow me 200 bucks or mm -hmm. how, how, is that what you did? Yeah. You yeah. just went and got that first hundred or uh -huh. 200 and you were will, uh, willing to risk it and just see what happened. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, in, in our, our day and age growing up, I mean, we mowed lawns, you, mm -hmm. uh, go get cars. golf balls, you wash car, you, whatever, so whatever, so yeah, candy. <laughs> yeah, whatever it is that you've got to do, there's plenty of stuff to do at a young age. I think the problem is, is there's a lot of youngsters that aren't willing to work for that initial $200. Yeah. It's getting over that hump. You it's just getting gotta... over the hump. Right. Mm -hmm. So the problem is, is when you work for $200, like let's say for instance, you mowed a bunch of lawns on a Saturday and you got 200 bucks. Now it's overcoming the fear of losing the $200, putting at risk and buying something to then turn 200 into 300 or 400, you mm -hmm. know? And I think that that's probably, there's a barrier there of once they hold money, I think it's a barrier for anybody, even our age 
You know, mm-hmm. um, once you touch money, you you want to protect it. You want to keep it. I think it's good advice, not even for kids your age, man. I think yeah. it's good advice for everybody. Like, what do you have to lose? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, really? Yeah, that's I mean, my mindset. So many people let that hold them back. And it's like, what? I mean, even if you do have things to lose, like, what do you really have to lose by just trying something new? Right. By mm-hmm. there's always a way to figure it out, too, without really having to lose. You know, we talked a little bit about it in our podcast. Um that's the last podcast was like, man, find out where you can cut and put some, some funds together to take a risk mm-hmm. on you, you know? So I think that's good advice for everybody. See, and even if you fail, it's the experience that is just priceless, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, you can lose money, but you'll never lose the experience that you gain. Yeah, you know? I think so, that's wise. This then, kid's full of wisdom, man. I know. I mean, that's, that's a, I just... I just look at him like, damn. So good <laughs> no, for you, bro. No, it's good. What it do really you think, is. Um, I was thinking about this earlier when we first started talking. Like, what do you think even in, motivated you in the very beginning to even want to make your own money? Like, for you to even be like, man, I want to go sell these necklaces. Was it just to find out if you could sell them? Or was it like, man, I love money. I want to get more of it. Or are you just trying to flex on the babes? Is it like maybe your parents? <laughs> part of that, yeah. Yeah, part of that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe yeah. your parents are, but, you know, like, just like... You know, you know, my dad, like you said, really ingrained that into me. Yeah, and I remember it really clicked when I read Rick Shad Poor Dad. Oh, you read that? that? Yeah, cool. That changed my How whole mindset. How old were you when you read that? Uh, like thirteen. Then after that, I started the detailing business. That's so cool. So man. that's yeah. been a game changer. That's really opened my eye to how powerful books are. You know? Yeah. I wanted to ask that because I, I you know, we've talked about this, and even in hiring people and and uh, partnering with people and doing things. Like sometimes you just can't teach people to really want it. You know what I mean? So I was kind of curious on what drives you you to to want it. I don't remember what first made me want to start doing that, but really it's just my why, like I mentioned, just to be able to have the means, the money, and the time to be able to serve anyone that I want at any time. Hmm. See, that's cool, man. When I was young and I had little hustles going, I just wanted money because I grew up without it. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. so that's yeah, another motivator. And sometimes I actually feel like I give to my kids too easy, right? And so they don't have that same hustle muscle. That, yeah. So I think it's, I think it's cool, man. Like there's different things that motivate other people, but you kind of have to have the desire and the want internally. You can't really teach that. You know what no, I mean? Man. I can't bring someone into sales exactly, and teach yeah. them to really mm-hmm. want it. Yeah. They got to find out. You what can their teach reason them a is. script. You can teach them rebuttals. You can teach them this and that, mm-hmm. but you can't. You, they're they're Hung, the hunger's there or it's not. Yeah. Like, that's, that's just cool. the reality of it, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. Last question. You can prescribe yeah, you can prescribe anything to the entire world, and they have to do it for 30 days. What do you tell them to do? Mm. That's easy. Listen to the Real Business Owners podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> like for 30 it, days straight. I like it. No, I, dude, I honestly believe that, you know, based upon the messages that we've received, it's reframed a lot of people's minds. The problem is, is mine and Kel's mindset is our mindset, so we don't think it's anything special. Um, but there's people so far beneath us in terms of mindset and their mentality that we're pulling them up to a new level, right? Just the way that we think, the way that we speak, the way that we talk, the way that we run our businesses, we're helping other people level up. And I haven't taken the time to sit back and look at it like this until this moment, but you know, we purposely listen and surround ourselves with people that make us want to level up and do better, right? And so the power of surrounding yourself with the right people or listening to the right information, whether it's reading books or listening to podcasts or whatever it is, Anything that goes into the mind 
is far more powerful than what people realize. And so people need to watch what they're feeding their mind. Mm. And if they feed their mind something powerful every single day for 30 days straight, they'll start to think different. If they think different, they're going to start acting different. If they start acting different, they're going to have a different outcome on their life. And my guess is it's going to be more of a positive outcome that they've never seen before. So what Mm -hmm. would I tell them to do? Listen to something that's positive like the Real Business Owners Podcast every single day for 30 days. And if that doesn't reframe your mind, then you probably just don't have driver hunger. That's just the truth. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And that's just a little plug, too. (laughs) You know? Uh, Man, I... You know, it's tough because there's a lot of things you could do. But I, I, I do believe in challenging yourself and taking on hard things. You know what I mean? So create a challenge uh, that's that's going to be difficult. Like people need more self-awareness so that they can overcome things. Like we all tell ourselves a lot of excuses every single day of why we can't do things when really we could figure out a way to do it. You know, so I would prescribe a challenge to, to some people, you know what I mean? Um, a 30 day challenge that, that isn't easy. Um, like I recently did 75 hard. Yep. We also created our own prime your mind challenge, um, but create some sort of challenge in areas that you want to improve and stick to it right? No matter what, stick to it. Like if it's raining outside, but you told yourself you were going to work out outside, go out and do it, you know? And, and, uh, you know, so I would structure some sort of challenge or take on a challenge to really help build that self-awareness and listen to the excuses you are telling yourself so that you can overcome those and build some more mental toughness because that's what Mm -hmm. you're going to need to be successful. You're going to need to be self-aware of those things that you are talking yourself out of, you know, those excuses that you're buying into and and you do need to overcome those. And so, and it never ends, man. You know what I mean? Like a lot of people, they, they set goals. Oh, if I could just make a hundred thousand a year, I'm set. And then you get to a hundred thousand, you're barely getting by. You know what I mean? And and then you get to a million, you're barely getting by. You're living, you know, to the max or whatever. And so, you know, you got to create challenges to build confidence and overcome things and to continue building that confidence, but you always got to set new goals because you're never going to arrive to some point in your life where you're like, Oh, I've made it. I can just sit back and chill now. Cause then you're just going to start dying. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You've got to always figure out where can I push myself a little bit yep. more in order to feel fulfillment. And so I don't really have a challenge to tell people to take on, but find one and take it on, do a 30 day challenge. That's actually hard and keep the promise to yourself and see it through from start to finish. Mm-hmm. Some create some non-negotiables, basically. Yeah. This is what I'm going to do every single day for 30 days. Yeah. And too many people have to get to a point where they just can't tolerate their life anymore to, to do it. But you don't have to wait for that point. You know what I mean? And and the more challenges you take on and see through, the more confidence you give yourself to take on bigger challenges and reach bigger goals. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I guess that's my long answer. That's good. <laughs> long, the long short of it. Yeah. Um, okay, so at the end of our podcast, I don't know if you have anything special you do at the end of your podcast, but uh, we read a review, you know, of an individual that left us, you know, five stars. I mean, highlight some of the people who leave us. Reviews. Yeah, yeah. Try, trying to show love back in terms of them, you know, taking time out of their day to to, to drop a review. So this is uh, the subject on this was life saving podcast. Five star review. These podcasts have given me drive to succeed in my business through the tough times and the good. Started listening in January uh, 2020, which is last month, and have listened to all the podcast episodes. Not all apply to me because uh, I'm not at that level, but the ones that do, they resonate with me, and I will continue to get a lot from these and continue to listen. And that was from Latino Business. Nice. So. 
Uh, we appreciate you you guys leaving leaving reviews or the ones that do leave reviews. There's 174, 175 reviews, but yeah. we have thousands of listeners. So I know a lot of you guys that are hearing this right now are guilty of slacking and not giving us a damn review. So uh, <laughs> the least that you could do is, you know, there's a thing that has stars. Just go just to the far yeah, one that says five stars. Click that. And then and leave us a review. Tell a family member, friend, somebody that could benefit from it. Because I guarantee if you benefited from it, somebody you know can benefit from it. And just like I told you in that last response, the information that you digest or the information that you're listening to will have an impact on your thoughts and will have an impact on your actions and ultimately have an impact on your life. So I would, sh- uh, I'd like to say, though, are you, are you wrapping up? Yeah, no. Uh, I'd like to say, I mean, you guys, um, we, wanted to, we wanted to do this podcast today because, I mean – going back to our episode where we say we don't buy it you know oh, like yeah. everybody has these excuses of why they can't be doing something to better their lives um and so i thought it was really cool for caden to come on today reach out to us he reached out yeah. to us asked to be on yeah. on his podcast that takes guts you know you guys we we wanted to bring him on our podcast as well so that you guys could see you know like what a young there is no excuses like. man yeah. like you know this kid has guts and you guys can learn from him go check out his podcast psychology of success i've actually listened to an episode before you even reached out to me like a while ago really? yeah so i saw that lance on your baseball team yeah. shared your <laughs> podcast yeah. on facebook and he was like hey go listen to this stud caden he's yeah. got his own podcast and That's i was awesome. like dude i'm gonna check that out so i actually listened to one of your episodes with the Dixie College baseball or basketball coach. Uh-huh. I listened to that mm-hmm. and I was like, dude, that's so cool that he's putting mm-hmm. himself out there. Here we are, like a year later, because this was during baseball season last year, almost yeah. a year later, uh-huh. and you're on our podcast. And I, I just think yeah, that's cool, cool, man. Yeah. Like, you're doing things and you guys can learn from people doing it, no, no matter what level they're at. This kid's in high school and he's already building something and it's cool Appreciate you got you're very wise too man so i know you're gonna bring a lot of value well, to our audience vision boards and all sorts of stuff in his yeah, room man. and you know, i didn't figure like, that out till my 30s man you know? i still don't have it figured out so I, I might hire you as a mentor yeah since we talk about coaching and mentoring so much yeah. you know but you so. guys should go check him out man you, there's a lot to learn from, from where do they kid. find you dude is it just the the psychology of success podcast yep, psychology of success podcast and i'll create an instagram account today actually Okay. And what we'll can, do, what we'll do is you let us know what it is, and when this episode drops, we'll put it in the description. Perfect. Okay. okay. Of the of the episode, so we'll if send you, guys, you a little clip too. We'll text you yeah. a clip. That could be of, your first post, dude. Of you our podcast that okay. you from you coming on today, they where you can post it onto your your social media channels or For sure. you know wherever you want. So yeah. okay. Um, but dude, I really appreciate you coming on today, and and. Um, yeah, you're just an impressive young man, dude. I'm excited to see what future has for you. Yeah. Appreciate it. Yeah. yeah, don't forget about us, dude, when you're our age and <laughs> yeah. billions. Yeah. You know, when we knock on Invite your door. Us back yeah. On your yeah, exactly. Yeah. Eight, exactly. Ten years from when now. we knock on your door asking for a few crumbs, you know, <laughs> uh, just drop us some crumbs, yeah. you know. No. So I'll come take a ride on your jet, man. Yeah. Yeah, man. Well, hey, yeah. we're going to get there. Yeah, yeah. We'll have that within the next two years or so. So, um, Guys, we'll still be driving our Toyotas, but we'll be driving a shit. Hell yeah. <laughs> I don't give a shit. My, I actually said that to someone not my, too long ago. I was my like, truck's been paid off for seven years. I'm really? still driving a Toyota, Hell but we yeah. got a jet in the hangar. You yeah. Know? yeah. Oh, I'm <laughs> good with yeah. it. I don't give a shit. I'd rather have a jet than a fucking Ferrari. Yeah, it's a tool. Oh, yeah. You know, so. Yeah. You know, the, the jet will make us far more money than the Ferrari or something else will. So, mm-hmm. guys, if you enjoyed the episode, like I said, make sure you uh, leave a review, um, share it with a family member, friend, you know, somebody that else that could get value out of it. And uh, as always, guys, hope you have an awesome day.